Welcome to the Out of the Bubble podcast. My name's Rachel Carew. Join me as I share a weekly dose of midlife inspiration, where you get to hear from amazing women who are embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way. Breaking down the midlife stereotypical barriers and proving it's never too late to find new passion and purpose. And to step out of your bubble. So what's stopping you? Welcome back to a new week on Aristotle Podcast. My name is Rachel Peru and it's so good to be back with Series 5. I'm really enjoying this new series and talking to lots of different women that I've come across. Today's guest is somebody that I've actually met in person. I first met her on LinkedIn. She dropped into my message box and we've been talking ever since. So I had the pleasure of meeting her for a coffee in London when I was down there for a casting. And we just really hit it off. And I love the conversation. I love the work that she's doing. So today we are talking to Sarah Breyer. Sarah is the founder of Showgirl Coaching. What a great name for starters. And um, she really helps introverted women to find their confidence, find their voice and kind of understand themselves a little bit better so that they can go out into the world with confidence um, without being labelled as shy. Because I know from personal experience, I was always labelled as the shy one, the quiet one. The more you are told that from a young age, then the more likely you are to stay quiet. And it's taken me quite a few years to unpick that. Happy to report that I have now found my voice, as you probably can tell. But I'm still that introvert, so it's understanding our personality traits. So I'm looking forward to this interesting conversation with Sarah. So hello, Sarah. Welcome to the show. It's so nice to see you again. I'm so excited to be here. We're virtual, then in person and virtual again. So excited. I know. And I said in your introduction, it, it's those connections where, you know, it's great to drop into people's inboxes. And I love the conversations that I have with people and those connections. But when you meet in, in, in real life as well, it, it just confirms everything about that person. I really enjoyed meeting you and I love what we're going on to do together now. So welcome to the show, finally. Thank you so much. It's such an honour to be here. I know you've had some fantastic guests, so... I'm uh, deeply honoured to be here. Can't wait to tell everyone. <laughs> We've got lots to talk about. And, you know, I was looking at your showgirl sign in the background. I love that name, showgirl coaching. For anyone that doesn't know about you, um, how do you kind of describe yourself and what you're doing to people? So what I do is I help women who are introverted to increase their confidence. So the showgirl name sort of started a couple of years ago. Um, I'd started my business and uh, it was like, you know, I, I didn't want to be Sarah Breyer coaching because I just, it wasn't fancy enough for me. <laughs> Love it. You get me. Um, it, just, well, it wasn't glamorous enough. It wasn't fancy enough. I just, I wanted, I want it to be like a something that people feel really drawn to, that it's like a bit of a talking point, which it often is. And, um, and I love you know, theatre and sort of dramatics and, you know, I'm dramatic as a person. And it was like what kind of sings to me um and the the kind of the thought behind it is that we are often putting on a performance uh women especially we become you know who people want us to be mothers daughters carers wives you know we we turn up and we do the job that is required of us but behind that is the real us the one that is terrified if we make a mistake if we um you know, we don't, we say the wrong thing, this this thing called imposter syndrome, you know, where we don't, we think that we don't deserve to be there. And, you know, my job is to close the gap between the performance and your real self. 
I love what you do. And that's such a great description. And I ask all my guests at the start of each interview, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, empathic. And um, caring, I suppose. Like, the I'm... I'm a if you're into astrology, I'm a Cancerian, so I'm tough on the outside, but I'm a squishy ball of mess on the inside. Um, I really, I really care about people. Um, I'm a people person, you know, all my personality tests and my values all circle around people. Um, I'm I, you know, you know, I've mentioned it before, I have to earn a living, but I care about people. I, you know, like with networking, it's like I my top tip to people like when they're networking is think of think of it in how can I help you rather than thinking I've got to get my message out there you know but how can I help somebody else and it sort of it feels better you know I'd I'd like to do more for the world you know but I've got so many hours in the day but yeah I'm just a a soft squishy mess of stuff gorgeousness yeah don't don't tell everyone (laughs) your secret's safe with me So let's talk about this conversation. This is a really interesting conversation because, you know, we we like to put labels on people, don't we? Um, And society has kind of inherently classed people that that are, um, my mind's gone blank to the menopause, introverted, that's the word, thank you, Um, as being somebody that's, they almost write them off sometimes, that they can't achieve the things that they want to do. They can't live a really fulfilled life because they may be holding, holding themselves back. So what does being an introvert actually mean so being an introvert is there's nothing well first of all as humans there's nothing wrong with us we're perfectly perfect in an imperfect way um we're not everyone's cup of tea but we are just fine the way we are there's nothing wrong with us so just get that out there yeah Um, an introvert is somebody who um needs to go and recharge there's somebody who can can do all the things they can do presentations and they can do everything any extrovert can do but they just need time to recharge they need to take themselves away they are somebody who thinks in their head an extrovert thinks out loud so when I'm thinking I'm talking and I'm sort of figuring something out in my mind but I'm saying the sentences and I get to the end an introvert will be somebody who sits there and thinks or needs some time away to think. Um, you can often see that when you go, if you ever go to a, a meeting at work, people that don't say anything in the meeting, uh, and often they get labelled as being rude, uh, not interested. Um, they have labels of, you know, somebody who, you know, doesn't have anything to share when actually they're thinking inside their head. So the reason that I, I started working with introverts was um, was completely by accident. So uh, my last corporate job was uh, a big insurance company, and insurance is probably not where you'd expect to find somebody like me, but they hired me because of my people skills and to bring this team together. The team were data analysts. They were the most fabulously um, smart, you know, the smartest group of women I'd ever worked with. They were just like you know technically brilliant but zero confidence like you know very little confidence so the first lady that I met was shaking when I met her and I I thought oh I'm not that scary so I wanted to hug her but you know we'd only just met and it would be awkward 
Um, but she she was shaking when I met her. And as we built a relationship up, um, you know, she'd been treated quite badly at work. She'd just been off with stress because people were calling her at 11 o'clock at night. You know, she wasn't in a high-powered position mm-hmm. where you would expect, well, you own all this money, so you need to be available. She was she was an analyst, you know. She, she should be able to do her job between 9 and 5, yeah, you know, yeah. and not have to have that outside of work. And she, it would just, you know, just people cutting her down the whole time. And she was just, she was shaking and, and all sorts, and it was awful. So we spent the next year building her confidence. I had to learn, I had other introverts in my team, and I had to learn how to work with introverts. So there are books out there, you know, if you're interested, like uh, Quiet, The Power of uh, the Power of Introverts by Susan Kane is a really good one. And just understanding, actually, how do I connect with these people? You know, I can't just tell them, like, come on, bite the bullet, let's just do it. They're not reacting to that at all. So I had to do loads of learning, loads of reading to get the best out of them. And and this lady, you know, she she trusted me. We had really good conversations around why she felt the way that she felt. And we could only do that because she trusted me. And that, you know, whatever she said about other people within the business, that we would just handle it. I stood in front of her to protect her. So I took all the nonsense and and I just gave her the bits that she needed to have. And it was really important, <clears throat> built her confidence throughout the year. And, and as that year went on, she then was running these project meetings like a boss. Mm. Like I would, I would go into, I'd say, oh, can I come to your meeting? And she'd be like, what like am I doing something wrong and I'm like no 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 I'm just just coming in for a nose and I would watch this woman's body language be strong and you know we would talk about bureaucracy and politics and help her to kind of understand it and I would watch her like just getting people in the palm of her hand and from the year previously it was unthinkable and I was so proud I was just like I did it and I was so lucky, and uh, I'd left that business just, um, my role got made redundant uh, in uh, COVID times, sort of uh, December 2020, and a few months later, she'd sent me a message, we sort of kept in touch, and she sent me a message, and we spoke to each other, and she said, oh, you know, like, I just, like, something awful's happened, I've been diagnosed with ovarian cancer, and, you know, it's like the worst moment ever, because you're just like, oh. God, and it was COVID and, you know, how scary that was. And um, and she said, you know, I don't think I'd be able to cope with this if we hadn't have met. And, like, even thinking about it now mm-hmm. just brings me to tears because she, like, she's, you know, she's fine. You know, she's in remission. It's, it's you know, God willing, it's all gone. Yeah. Um, but if that was my job, I kind of always see when I meet people I've got a job to do. You know, and only sometimes later on you realise what your job was. And if my job was just to help her be fabulous so that when she walked into that room and got that diagnosis and she she had an idea of how to handle it and what she was going to do, you know, this woman dealt with losing her hair. She had the most beautiful, long, brown hair. Like, she was just known for her hair and, you know, just... I know it's not important because it's hair, but it's no, it important. Is. It is. Right? Yeah. Um, and just how she approached it, she got a new she got a couple of new wigs and she would model them and put them on Facebook. And I just thought, oh my God, 
to be you is just, you know, that transformation was just amazing. It's something that, you know, I I was there. I helped her, but she had it in her the whole time. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? That's the key thing. It's unlocking that because I'm an introvert, and and we were talking earlier about you know that 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 damaging label of being called shy when I was younger. So then, if you're constantly told that you're that kind of personality, then you become even quieter, and 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 almost like sometimes I was called arrogant because I wouldn't talk to people or I would avoid eye contact and it wasn't because I didn't want to it's because I was in my own head and then I became scared to to be more visible and obviously that's that's changed now and I've done a lot of work on that but it's that label isn't it and it's unlocking that so how do you where do you start in unlocking that I think that you have to know yourself and you know like I say you're perfectly perfect in an imperfect world you know once you start understanding yourself and you know so so the opposite to to you Rachel is that you know I was probably arrogant because I would just speak speak my mind but I'm just thinking out loud um uh, just as an example so I I I told you that I start I joined the PTA and my first gig was to help out at the school disco and my daughter's six and she thinks I'm amazing right I know that won't last for long you know you've got older children than me I know Uh, Um, she thinks I'm brilliant you know I walk on water and I said to her I fancy wearing a party dress and she was like oh you should so I've I've got I've got a party dress I mean I don't go to parties she's six right so it's you know it's got a forgiven amount of elastane in it so I was quite pleased I could actually get in it um and you know I had I did have child catcher shoes on because you know at a party you don't want to not but I turned up in this party dress you know all fluffy and and everything and um they they said the, the PTA people they said well we need somebody to go and sit in the DVD room and I said I did not wear this dress to go and sit in the DVD room too right the women that knew me laughed and the women that didn't looked at me like oh you think you you think you're a bit of something don't you and I watched it and when you're kind of aware of this kind of confidence stuff is that I just say things because it's just what comes into my head and I'll just spit it out mm. because I thought it was funny. Like, if you'd have made me go in the DVD room, I would have been fine, but I just thought it was funny to say. And it was just interesting the way that people react to your confidence that um, the people that didn't know me probably thought I was arrogant and probably thought, oh, you think you're special. Yeah. I, I just thought it was funny. Um, and, you know, the perceptions of who we are as introverts and extroverts is is probably quite similar, but because of different things. Um, so, yeah, so back to what I was saying is it's about knowing yourself. So I know that I just say things, it just pops out. And I used to feel really embarrassed about it, that, you know, it would be like, oh, well, you know, she's saying the wrong thing or, you know, like embarrassing yourself. You've embarrassed yourself. And now I own it. And I, you know, if I make a mistake, I apologize for it. Or if I say something I didn't mean I didn't mean it in that way, I apologize straight and I and I say, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean it to actually when I just heard myself say it, it was, yeah. you know, and instead of feeling that kind of shame, I suppose, that I've said something or done something, I kind of just deal with it straight away. Yeah. It's the knowing ourselves and understanding like um 
when I help my clients, I get them to do like a, an MBTI, a Myers-Briggs um, assessment. So you can find it online. So you can go to 16personalities.com and go and find out what your personality type is. And it's free and you can understand all of this stuff. So I would... Oh, always... brilliant. Send, I'll, send, I'll add the link to the notes for that. Thank you. It's really good. It's really good. Like as a nice free resource to, under, to get to understand yourself, you get a list of strengths and a list of weaknesses. And the weaknesses don't mean that you can't do these things. It just means it's a little bit more challenging. So my weaknesses are around detail. You know, if you uh, if you give me if you gave me a stack of notes and went, I need you to go and present this on stage in front of a thousand people. Go do it now. I'd be scared, but I'd be like, okay. If you said, oh, right, I need you to sit down and do your accounts now, I'd be like, <laughs> and I'd go and find something better to do because detail is not my thing. As we grow up and we do jobs and stuff, I was told that I wasn't I wasn't good at stuff and that I was imperfect because, well, you know, you can do all this presentation stuff, but you should also be able to do all this detail stuff. Not true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good at the presentation stuff. Make me do more of that. The detail stuff, why don't you get somebody who's really good at detail to do that? Yeah. And it made me feel crap because it was like you know I'm I'm not good enough when actually I am perfect the way I am and I just if I have to do this detail stuff it's going to take me a bit longer I'm going to have to try really hard and I need loads of dis- in, I don't need any distractions so I know myself and I suppose just the way that I work with people is to kind of understand that that you're not stupid you're not thick you're not there's nothing wrong with you because you don't do detail or because you don't do presentations. Yeah. You've just got to attack it in a different way. You've, you know, like if I was doing my accounts, I know that literally my phone has got to be in a different room. I, I you know, because it would just like, oh, I can just procrastinate a little yes. bit. Yeah. You know, and all of that stuff. So just knowing yourself. And another thing that um, is really useful to know is your values. Um and I don't have you ever done a values assessment actually? no I haven't no this is all new to me which I find really interesting love it, love it love it so with a values assessment it's the things that are important to you so um I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast so maybe I'll just I'll censor myself a little bit <laughs> tell you the real story later <laughs> so with our values are they they're the things that run through us like like the words in Blackpool Rock right they're the things that are the closest to us. So we all like to think that we're honest, we've got integrity and all of that, but actually sometimes they're not the biggest things. And it's when you have two ideas that are clashing, it's which thing you're going to choose. So, for example, I'm pretty honest in the most part, Mm -hmm. I would say. I have loads of integrity, you know, I care about things and all the rest of it, but honesty and integrity are not in my top values. My, my top values are on a, on a post-it note in my, in my drawer here. So they're autonomy, happiness, meaningful work, money, and relationships. And what that means is, is that with those five values, is that if I had to choose a situation where, um, let me give you an example. So um, when I was, uh, let me give you this example. So if you saw a woman in a supermarket and she stole some baby food, right? Now, one person might look at this situation and say, she's feed, She's obviously hard up. She needs to feed the baby, let it go. 
Another person would say, but she's stealing. That's not right. Neither point of view is right or wrong. They're looking at the same situation, but with a different pair of eyes, and that's their values. Mm -hmm. So one person has honesty in their top five. It is right up there. The other person probably has like empathy, people, something else in their top five. And it's when you when you look at a situation differently, that's why we argue. And that's why, you know, your husbands and wives look at exactly the same situation and you're like, I can't understand why you're not seeing it like this. It's so obvious to me, but your values are slightly different. Um, And when you understand your values, you understand why things have happened throughout your life, why you've prioritised one thing over another. Um, One of my examples was when I was a manager of a group of people many years ago, um my one of my team was was at risk of redundancy and I knew that she wasn't going to get made redundant it was a it was a a a bureaucratic list of stuff that you have to do to fulfill all requirements and all the rest and she was just on a list because she had the same job title as somebody else she was in a different department she wasn't going to lose her job what I knew was was that if that lady who's a single mom of a little person She was quite anxious as a person anyway. If she thought for 30 days that she was going to lose her job, she she would have been inconsolable, wouldn't have been very good at work. She would have worried. She would have had sleepless nights. I couldn't live with that. So I told her, and I probably shouldn't have, I told her that, look, don't worry about it. You're not going to lose your job. I promise you, you're not going to lose your job. Because that was more important to me because relationships meaningful work and happiness is on my list not you know honesty integrity bureaucracy and all of that you know whether I did the right thing or not is you know I did the wrong thing I shouldn't have done it but for me I couldn't have lived with myself knowing that woman would have worried for a month that she was having a house and all that I wish they taught all this kind of thing at school because it seems to me that if I knew about these personality traits in me that obviously they, they change as you grow and they evolve, don't they? But it would be a great place to start, wouldn't it, as you're going out into the world to know more about this human design and, and where your personality fits into the world. Yeah, and it's and even with these, you know, they make you do them as you go into, like, uh, corporate jobs. You know, I've done these a couple of times, but they sort of, they do the report and then they go in a drawer. Yeah. You sort of, you don't get that kind of, you know, well, uh, there's a, a, a book... Uh, a new kind of you know these sort of newfangled ways of working it's called working genius Mm. and it talks about your kind of your place in like a like a project right so like probably like even doing a podcast there's like lots of things that you've got to do and there's probably bits that you enjoy loads and enjoy least and it's because you've got a genius within that kind of life cycle if you like yeah you are really good at but we kind of don't get taught that at work. We have to be good at everything, yeah. you know, which is completely not true. So understanding that, you know, you're an introvert, I'm an extrovert, we've got this project. Rachel, do you want to give a go doing the presentation? No, I'm not bothered. I'd rather look at the numbers. Sarah, you're happy to do that? Yeah, great, lovely. Yeah. You know, it's not to say that you would never do a presentation, that, you know, obviously the job that you do, you know, you're doing a lots of outgoing, confident yeah. work. Yeah. Not to say that you can't do it, but you might choose not to do it. I don't want to do it. Let's give it to somebody else, you know. But these reports, they sit in drawers and 
nobody ever looks at them again. And I think sometimes it's because they're not interpreting them properly and understanding actually how does it how does it work with me as a human being? Yeah. Not as just a worker. Yeah. And it's interesting going back to that point about being you, you know, you can have confident introverts, can't you? You know, I, I, I am confident. I'm confident in what I'm doing. I'm a confident woman now. It's taken me a while to get to that space. I haven't always been, but I am now. But I equally need my own space to recover from that. So if I do put myself out there, if I'm working, it takes a lot more out of me than maybe it does you if I'm putting myself forward. I just need to rest and recuperate in a different way, I guess. But there is this misconception, isn't there, that introverted people aren't confident. That's not always the case at all, is it? No, absolutely not. There's a, like If you think of one of the most famous uh, introverts that we probably know is Beyonce. Mm. Beyonce had this alter ego when she went on stage of Sasha Fierce. It was the yes. albums a few years ago. That was up until the point where she didn't feel confident. So if you can imagine this multi-billion billionaire billion selling platinum artist even up until a few years ago I think probably it was like 2010 ish up until that point where she'd been in a girl group she'd done all of this stuff she didn't feel confident she had to put a mask on you know well if she doesn't feel confident I'm sure as hell the rest of us you know are all right with not feeling a bit confident you know and and I suppose you know the same with me I haven't always been confident but as an extrovert you have different ways of demonstrating it. So if I was in a presentation, for example, I would talk fast. I'd fidget. I would, like, waffle. So that they were all my tells of my nervousness. Mm-hmm. An extrovert goes loud. An introvert goes further into themselves when they're not confident. And it's sort of like you kind of have to get... We, when we're confident, we sort of meet in the middle, that we speak confidently calmly you know we get our we don't waffle we get our think we're we're exactly the same showing that confidence but our our stresses kind of go in a completely opposite direction but introverts absolutely can be confident but it I think it's just so many so much time and so many times have been told that you're shy because that's kind of what happens as a kid yeah. you get these excuses oh she won't she won't get involved because she's shy yeah and then you hear it in your head that I won't do that because I'm shy I'm shy so I can't possibly do that yeah. and you know I said to you before Rachel I, I hate the term shy because it's terminal it sounds like well you know like you're tall yeah. <laughs> you're tall and shy that's it you'll never be short yeah. you're, you know <laughs> yeah it's, it's just like that is a label that you've got but yeah you know, lacking in confidence, you know, and even it shy is such on the tip of our tongues that I, when I talked to my daughter, I, I said to her like, a few weeks ago, I said, oh, were you feeling shy? And I tried to shove it back in yeah, because it's it's so on the tip of your tongue. And I'm like, no, darling, what you were feeling is you were just not feeling confident. Mm-hmm. And and even, you know, I talk about this stuff all the blinking time. <laughs> And and even still, that word is on the tip of my tongue. So it's so pumped into us. I hate it. Yeah, me too. And it's interesting because I know you've been talking recently about body confidence as well, which is all part of it. It's all part of our personalities and how we present ourselves in the world. And I've recently done a, a survey with 200 women over 40 about how body confident they're feeling. 
And the results are really sad. I mean, some, some women are really struggling out there. You know, I think 47% of women scored themselves below 5 out of 10 in their body confidence. How do you, where do you even begin with that? Do you find that a lot with your clients? Um, I haven't had a, a lot, but you see it a lot online. Mm. I think with just like surveys like yours, it, it saddens me because also I think people have a, an assumption that women that struggle with body confidence are larger, which is completely not the case. Yeah. Um, I remember talking to a lady who was, you know, she was like a, size eight or ten she was tiny and she had parts of herself that she she couldn't look herself in the mirror from the from the neck down yeah and and to me like I'm a 18 at best I I I thought I thought what why is this and uh, I'd be recently seen a hypnotherapist about like the way I eat and stuff like that and what I said to the hypnotherapist was I don't hate how I look like I'm quite you know it just it is what it is, right? I don't hate any piece of me. I think, oh, babe, that wobbles a bit. But I don't hate myself when I look in the mirror. And why Why do I not feel like that when this other woman detests her body and she is what I would, you know, what I could look at as idyllic? And just the way that we feel about ourselves, the, the way that we've brought been brought up, the the words that we've had pumped into our heads. I mean, I stopped reading uh, women's magazines over a decade ago because mm. I felt it to be so toxic. Yeah. But um, one of the, I think I'd walked past one a few few years ago and, and I remembered looking at it and thinking, and that is why I don't spend my money on that. And it was like Colleen Nolan, uh, she's on Loose Women. Yeah. She, uh, she's in her 50s, I think, maybe yeah. a bit older. And it was, she was on a beach minding her own business and you know I don't know maybe she put a bit of weight on or something there's a really unflattering photo of her on the front of this magazine and I thought you know if that's what we're going oh my god she looks awful leave the woman alone let her enjoy the holiday (laughs) disgusting like what has she done to herself and it's like just you know aren't we lucky that no one takes photos of us and puts it on the front of magazines when we're not looking our best you know when we've got our you know we're looking down and you can see chins and god knows what else and I just thought how awful that you're almost encouraging other women to point at her and go exactly disgusting yeah and then then we look at ourselves and go oh my god my thighs are like hers people are going to point at me and go oh when actually you go on a beach or a swimming pool. You know, there was a long time that I wouldn't go and go on a beach because, you know, as a young woman in my 20s and 30s, because I thought, I exactly thought that people were going to point and go, oh, God, yeah. get that whale off the beach. Yeah, isn't it ridiculous? Because I was exactly the same, Sarah. I really struggled in my 20s and 30s to swimming, going on holiday and swimsuits and stuff was a nightmare. I hated it. And when you look back, I think, God, oh, my God, what was I thinking? I was gorgeous. I was absolutely fine as I was. It's just we're all brainwashed by this toxicity. Yeah, and and it was, and then it was only kind of, I suppose, like having my daughter and having a different focus and looking at the world through a different – and thinking, I don't want you to ever feel like that. I don't want you to worry about what – you know, I want you to eat healthily and all the rest of it, and I don't want you to have the weight problems that I've had, but – I don't want you to look at yourself and hate any part of you and worry and, and all of that. And, yeah, and I and I stopped reading women's magazines because it made me feel 
really rubbish about myself and um I don't I'm not very much on Instagram I put stuff on there for for showgirl but just as a thing you know there are a couple of people that I follow on Instagram because they're brilliant uh there's a lady called Katie Bundenberg she's oh. absolutely she's absolutely tiny um but she sort of you know she has period belly and you know and all of this and she's very honest about who she is um another lady can't remember her name but she used to be on Geordie Shaw a million a million years ago Vicky something or other Patterson Patterson yes and she has I mean she's a beautiful woman you know she's glamorous she looks amazing but she also shows this flip side of you know when she has when she takes her makeup off and she's got spots and you know all the same stuff that the rest of us have She's very honest about that. And and I think she's come through quite a journey mm. herself because she shows these photos quite rarely of like when she was very, very thin um, because of the media. Yeah, um, yeah it is about curating your feed so that you follow really positive, diverse people. Massively. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if you're if you're 40 or 50 following 20 year olds, I'm wondering why you don't look like them. Yeah. <laughs> it's futile. Don't do yeah. it. you're not going to look like them ever um you know follow people like Rachel follow people like these women that look like you you know when you walk down the street and when you look on the beach you don't see Cindy Crawford you know I mean if you're lucky you might but but you don't you really see these women where you think gosh she's gorgeous yeah body she's amazing very rarely most people are very ordinary yeah you know we're all imperfectly perfect you know we've got yeah. bits or too tall too short feet are too big you know we're all we're all just you know and I think when you look at all this stuff on Instagram and it shows you the 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 one percent doesn't it this yeah. this very sort of top layer of and you know another another one that I saw a few years ago was uh it made it into the media about one of the Kardashians and she wouldn't allow an unfiltered photograph to be and published I mean it was like a it was a beautiful photo but it was it was very photoshopped or you know whatever it is yeah and she wouldn't allow an unfiltered photo she went berserk apparently and and I thought that says more about her confidence and her lack of confidence than anything else because underneath the photoshop she still has dimples and pimples (laughs) yeah and a lack of confidence and insecurity like all the other women yeah just like the rest of us So what's next for Showgirl Coaching? What's your kind of dream goals? What are you aiming for next so year? I would, so for the, for the forthcoming year, I'm working on some more um, corporate stuff. Mm. So wanting to get into businesses to help this kind of, the, the type of women I work with are these sort of um, uh, junior, mid to sort of mid-level manager type people. So because what I believe is, is that women are not getting to executive positions. They're not getting to the board. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll have seen statistics on how many women are in a boardroom and all the rest of it. Not very many. Yeah. Um, because at that low and mid-level, they're not given the confidence. You're sort of, you know, you get to this like low and mid-level management and then you go and have your baby. Let's generalise for a minute. But that's when the kind of the body clock starts going. And then all of a sudden, you've then got kids to look after, other responsibilities, and career is not your main focus. And also, you've lost your confidence a bit because, you know, you've been out of work for, you've been away from work for a year and all of those things. So my aim is to kind of 
get into and educate corporate businesses around introverts and their confidence. So women and confidence generally, but introverts and their confidence too, because the introverts that I come across don't make the ask. They are so brilliant that they expect people to go, you are brilliant, I'm going to give you a pay rise, because they're demonstrating all the good stuff. The organisations are not doing this. When it, you know, if you've ever worked in a sort of you know organisation that's a you know bureaucratic nonsense, it's the loud one that yeah. gets the pay rise. It's the loud one that that stands on the table and goes, "Look at me and everything I've achieved." That that was me because I demanded, especially as I got more confident, I demanded that I had attention because I was like, "Hang on a minute, I'm not getting a pay rise. I want a pay rise." Yeah. So get on the table and you know get my banner out and everything the great thing was is that as when I had a team I did that for my team but only because I'm that kind of person so I just want more more of me I don't know how much the world can stand of me Rachel but lots more (laughs) lots more just more of this kind of you know who are my people what what skills can they bring can I can I stop having a go at this person because they're not going to do a presentation because they just don't want to do it you know, and and bring that kind of um, knowledge, that real in-depth knowledge. You know, we talk about equality and diversity and inclusion and all of that. And I think introversion, well, personality type, should yeah. be on the agenda. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's a fascinating subject. Thank you so much. My last question I ask all my guests, if you were to pay yourself a compliment, Sarah, what would it be? Oh, I would say, Sarah, you are fabulous and you are enough. Everything that you do is for a great reason, and you are enough. Fabulous. And yes, you are. And to your listeners as well, you are enough. Yeah. I'm so glad our paths have crossed. How can people come and find you? So you can go to my website, showgirlcoaching.com. Um, I'm in all the usual places. I'm not, I, I toyed with TikTok, but we're not doing that. Um, but mostly on LinkedIn and, uh, and on Facebook. Thank you so much. Pleasure to talk to you as always. Um, So yeah, thank you and have a great week. Thank you. Bye. What an interesting conversation. Really enjoy talking to Sarah and I will get the links off her for the personality tests and the values test because I think that would be a really interesting exercise to do. Knowledge is power, isn't it? There's like Sarah said, there's no right or wrong personality trait here. It's about embracing who you are and what your core values are and learning to understand them a bit better so that you can go out into the world with confidence, whatever, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert. Now, I am an introvert, but it doesn't mean to say that I'm not confident. I just call myself quietly confident. But we all have our own ways to move through life. And it's understanding who we are at the core of that. that We know knowledge is power, isn't it? So thank you, Sarah, for sharing all that expertise, knowledge. Really enjoyed our conversation. And, you know, it goes to show you, doesn't it, that There's so many women out there that are in some amazing positions in work that are often overlooked and misrepresented because they're labelled by something. We have to stop these labels because we've got so much value to offer, Um, especially later in life. We've got all this knowledge and wisdom to share. So we make sure we're not written off for that. I will be back with another inspiring guest. If you would like to, to find out more about the work that I'm doing, then why not join the Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group? I'd love to see you in there. We've got um, over 300 women in there now. I love sharing and having this community and it's really a safe space to connect with other women and to learn and be inspired and encouraged by. So 
come on over to Facebook, step out of the bubble Facebook group and it's free and I do weekly lives and we just have a really interesting conversation. So I'd love to see you in there. I'll be back soon, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope it's left you feeling inspired. If it has, why not come and join a fabulous group of women in my free Step Out of the Bubble Facebook group, where you can get to connect with other women all at different stages of their own midlife journey, supporting and inspiring one another. You can also come and say hello on Instagram at Rachel Ron. I'd love to know how you intend or how you are already stepping out of your bubble in 2022. If you're loving the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Your support is much appreciated. I'll be back next week with some more inspiration, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous.